Welcome to the Stone Conversation Podcast, covering everything to do with buying, selling and investing in real estate. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just wanting to start out, Stone Conversations will bring you content to inspire and inform you on your journey. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Stone Conversation Podcast. My name is Peter Mumford from Stone Real Estate, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Marwan Kojok from Title Space. Welcome to the show, Marwan. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having us on this podcast. So today, listeners, we're going to be discussing everything to do with legal contracts, things you may not know. Why do you need a contract? How does a conveyance from a solicitor help you? So, Moan, before we get into some of those questions, can you tell us a little bit about Title Space? Yes, thanks, Peter. Um, Title Space is born really as a uh, result of the technology that's been um, uh, allowed for in conveyancing transactions and what we wanted to do was create a platform that allowed property transactions to be run seamlessly, be an efficient uh, project for, for clients, buyers or sellers and also to ensure that we maintain a level of communication that makes it a seamless transaction for, for, for our clients and agents' clients. I've noticed um, there's so much variety in conveyance and solicitors, and I, and I like what you're doing, and I've had a great look on your website recently. And um, it's, it is very, any sort of business is about customer focused, being there when people need you. But I might just jump into a, straight into a couple of questions with you so our listeners can understand some things they may not know. But I think let's go through a couple of things from selling to start with. Question for you Am I allowed to let buyers into my home without a contract for sale? What's, what's the story there? Yeah, it's an interesting one, um, but one that, from a legal perspective, you know, most practitioners, conveyances should be well aware, and, and particularly agents. I'm sure the phone network have uh, systems and processes in place regarding this particular protocol. But for for, for sellers, vendors in particular, um, you, you know, listing a property must be done uh, with a legal uh, contract in place, contract sale of of property. And uh, the laws and the rules in place are there to protect a buyer, particularly around what's been presented uh, and what kind of representations are being made in respect to a property. So in essence, um, having somebody walk into your property uh, uh, with the proviso that they're there to negotiate for a purchase of that property or entertain negotiations should be done technically with a contract in place beforehand. Um, so we, we would ordinarily uh, encourage our clients and, and agents to ensure they speak to people like ourselves, um, incorporate legal practices that have property expertise uh, to prepare that contract, have that in place, so therefore they fulfilled that, 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 that requirement. And I guess most of us would know this, obviously, but the point of today's questions are, trying to answer a lot of questions people that may or may not have done this or they've got a friend that says, I want to buy my property and let's just do it on a handshake. Hopefully no one ever does that. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, anyway, if you are getting, obviously getting this process started to get your contract produced, you decide you want to sell your house, how long does it normally take with you? Yeah, and, and um, at Title Space, we've, we've incorporated systems that allow us now to do it a lot quicker than what traditionally um, a practitioner would be able to prepare a contract. You know, back in the day, 
uh, we'd have to stand uh, a, a request to local council to obtain certificates. Now this stuff is all done online. Um, we're capable of now preparing contracts in some cases on the same day. Um, in other cases, with a little more complex transactions, depending on the certificates required, might take up to 48 hours. But uh, that's that's as quick um, as, as you can get it these days. And, and we would strongly be suggesting that you plan ahead. You know, if you are considering listing your property for sale, plan ahead. Engage with a conveyancer or a property lawyer, and um, uh, let them prepare that contract. Have that in place. Arm the agent with the required document so that they can legally go out there and start to, to, to look for prospective buyers and, and, in fact, start the negotiation process. And, and on that too, obviously, these days with so much um, legal signage being able to carry it out electronically, tell us, I know within title space we can exchange documents electronically. Tell us how that works in uh, exchanging a property with you. Yeah, so um, we, we, we're trying to be as cutting edge as possible to embrace technology as, as much as we possibly can, uh, clearly within the confines of the law. The law's taken a, a bit of time to catch up to, to technology, particularly in, in property transaction space, but I think we're, we're close. Uh, and now, rather than having a wet signature, you know, where you're sitting there in the you know, lounge room or in the kitchen and exchanging contracts with a pen and paper, we're able to do that through um, a number of pieces of technology. One particular DocuSign, which keeps a accurate record of who's received it, IP addresses, etc., cetera, uh, and ensures that every page that needs to be signed, witnessed, initialed, uh, is done before the transaction's complete. And therefore, that, that then becomes a legally binding exchange uh, that's in place uh, where all parties engaged, whether it's the agent or the solicitor's conveyances on either side, are able to see that instantaneously. It certainly does make things certainly a lot easier. I remember sitting once overseas somewhere trying to exchange and then trying to get things faxed to me in the hotel. I mean, you can do this from your iPad sitting on a beach these days, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. I still recall those days too, Pete, where you know, you, you, you're in a hotel and you've got to run to the, uh, the conference room and ask them for the fax machine so you can have that signed and sent back before a formal exchange can take place. Sometimes that will take, you know, up to five hours, if not longer. Now now it's done instantly and uh, we have it through a round-robin process where, you know, each of the parties um, uh, would have a role. Once that role's completed, it will then move on to the next uh, individual. And uh, I'll tell you, it's, we're getting some really good responses and feedback from clients, agents, uh, even third parties, uh, you know, where people can now sign on their phones, on their iPads, uh, and, and that's that's now become a norm, uh, particularly with the COVID pandemic. Uh, we've all had to embrace technology now more than ever, uh, and it's, it's exactly the way we are title space would prefer. So I might move on to a couple of other questions for you just about in relation to the contract, the deal. That gives some people some context and these are often questions that are asked to agents as well. So let's start. One of them may be, once the both parties sign, can one of them change their mind? And if so, what's the cooling off period or what is the fee for withdrawing? Yeah, that's a very popular um, issue to to be quite frank. Um, Whether you're at an auction or a... Um, off-market uh, transaction, 
you know, generally when people are in these negotiations, there's a lot of things that a buyer needs to consider uh, before making that commitment, whether it's finance, whether it's land tax, what kind of stamp duty implications there are. And in fact, you know, who is actually buying the property? Is it a family trust or an individual? Hence, um, uh, you know, contracts in New South Wales particularly have a, have a, a provision that allows a purchaser uh, a right to cool off or to exit the transaction. And um, the standard provision in the contract allows for a five or 10 day cooling off period. Um, that allows the purchaser to go get their accounting or financial advice to sort out their finances uh, and, and to consider um, further consider the negotiations on foot in respect to that property. Um, there's a 0.25% deposit that needs to be paid at that time, which which uh, would be compromised if they decide to exercise their cooling off right. But once that cooling off period expires, then uh, exchange is uh, complete and both parties are then liable to complete on that transaction. Um, it's, it's a very, very common issue. We tend to uh, tell our buyer clients to ensure that they've got that cooling off period in place, obtain uh, the right advice in, in that period, and time is of the essence. You know, you've got to get it done uh, within that time frame, failing which, um, you know, you, you, you may be, uh, you, you may be locked into that transaction. Another question. If I needed to, something happened, I need to extend my seven month, say it was six or 12 months. If so, could I do it? And is there a cost to do this? Okay. That's another a very typical uh, question that, that arises, particularly in, in this climate, to, to be quite honest, Peter. Um, Extensions of the typical 42-day settlement period is is something that we see often uh, at Total Space. We we generally see you know three to six months extensions uh, for settlement. We would we would generally recommend that that is negotiated early in the piece, particularly if possible before exchange. Um, however, if if that is something that comes about post exchange. Then you know clearly negotiations would need to take place with the vendor and the vendor solicitor um, to seek a extension of the the settlement period, and there'll need to be you know some justification for that. Is it due to you know uh, seeking additional finance? Is it is it you know coming back from overseas as an expat? Um, if if there is some justification there, then then negotiations generally tend to be reasonable between the parties. Uh, there may be some concessions there around, you know, paying some um, some um, some interest if 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 that's necessary or some other consideration to have that extension put in place. But um, generally, we would find that seeking that uh, that extended settlement period is negotiated fairly uh, between the parties without any further consideration being put on the table uh, but in some cases that may be uh, that may be the incentive that's required so that sort of brings me to my next question with you around finance just say i'm all pre-approved i bought the property i've gone ahead but i lose my job in the meantime and uh, mm. the bank doesn't want to settle um, and i'm unable to get finance uh, do i lose my entire deposit Yes, unfortunately, in, in scenarios like that, unless the contract has some kind of special condition in there that suggests the 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 um, 
settlement is subject to finance, which doesn't happen often these days. But um, in in the standard circumstances where that special condition is not included in the contract, uh, an exchange has been completed, cooling off period has expired, no longer applicable, then the purchaser unfortunately is in a, in a predicament where they would lose their deposit. Um, in some cases may be potentially liable for uh, completing that contract, but very rarely do we see that. They'll lose the deposit. That's that's predominantly the consequence there. And then the vendor has a right to rescind the contract and, and um, seek other uh, buyers. That would be a tough situation to be in, but we know it can happen. Um, on to the next question. We have many for you today. Um, what happens, though, let's put the shoe on the other foot with the owner. What happens? We bought the property and the owner hasn't vacated by the settlement date. What What can be done here? What rights do I have, etc.? Yeah, um, not a typical scenario. We have seen a number of these cases in the past. Um, some, some, sometimes not of the fault of the vendor. Uh, it, it may have something to do with you know the vendor's next settlement. You know, in, some, in, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, the vendor might be selling, but at the same time purchasing another property to move into, and unable to just make all the dates coincide. Um, Look, in those scenarios, the, the purchaser does have a right to force the, the vendor out. Um, generally, we do that via notice to complete. Um, once that is issued to the vendor, the vendor has a period of time to fulfill that obligation. Uh, if that's not done, then clearly you've got legal rights. Uh, we at Title Space um, have lawyers and conveyances, so we're through our, through our um, solicitors, uh, we are able to pursue that type of action. But generally what we find is once the notice, of, notice to complete has been issued, you, you, you tend to get the right reaction from the vendor. Uh, we don't see it often, but it does apply. It does happen. Uh, but, uh, I think for purchasers out there, they should be aware that they do have rights once that contract is in place to, to finalise that transaction. And the vendor should also be aware that they're obligated um, to complete on that transaction uh, within that time period. So sitting sitting around and, and deciding to you know, change their mind and not sell is not an option that's going to be uh, financially viable um, in those circumstances. So following on from this, um, so Marlon, following on from this, um, in your experience, what are some of the biggest issues and risks that can cause completion to go wrong? There's obviously many there, but... What are some of the biggest ones? Look, um, the, the biggest ones that we tend to see are uh, if, if there's a problem with the title, um, you know, for instance, there's some issues with the banks that have a mortgage over the property and the banks are seeking, you know, some kind of payout on settlement and there may be a problem with the valuation on the site, so, you know, insufficient funds to cover mortgages. Um, we've seen caveats. Uh, caveat is basically um, some third party who's put an interest on the title uh, where they may be owed some uh, money or they have some right over the property that isn't uh, a registered mortgage. Those caveats need to be removed before settlement can take place. Or um, unfortunately, in circumstances like we are in the climate we are in today, where a liquidator or, or there's some kind of bankruptcy proceedings on foot where that asset now is, is in jeopardy. Um, those types of issues are, are typical issues that we see from time to time that make things fairly complex. 
uh, but what you would like to see from any uh, property transaction lawyer or conveyancer is that their searches have been done complete early to identify whether those issues may be uh, may surface before settlement um, early on in the piece so you can address it. All right. Another question, and these are great answers, by the way. I'm sure a lot of people weren't aware of a lot of these, and it's it's great to be armed with this knowledge. Let's talk stamp duty. <laughs> All our favourite subject. Yeah. So yeah. I've gone out, I've bought a property, I've signed, I've put my name on it, and I've got home and I've realised, to my wife's reminder, that I've forgotten to put her name on the title. <laughs> Silly me. So now I'm in yeah. trouble. What's the implications here um, from a stamp duty if I want to add the next additional person's name onto the title now? Yeah, very, very, very common issue there, Peter. Um, you know, as you can appreciate, some people um, would see a property over the weekend, uh, fully you know, emotionally connected to that property and somehow manage to convince um, the agent to, to do a deal with them on the spot. Now, they clearly haven't sought uh, an opinion from their advisors, their financial or tax advisors, and following... Um, you know, exchange and making that offer, they then are informed that they should have either put it in a family trust or they should have put their partner's name on the contract. Um, that triggers a stamp duty implication. And unless it's done very early, uh, there, there may be a double t- stamp duty transaction there. And you want to avoid that as, as best as you can. Uh, it could be an extremely costly mistake. Um, the only exemption, there are a couple of exemptions, but the only exemption that we tend to find is when you are putting the partner's name on it uh, uh, post exchange, um, the partner needs to be at least 50% um, joint owner of that property um, and it needs to be either a, uh, a, a legally binding partner, whether it's a de facto or in marriage, um, and it needs to uh, be your principal place of residence. So if it's an investment property or if your partner's coming in at less than 50%, then you are potentially going to be at risk of a second lot of stamp duty being applied to that transaction. So extremely critical that you get the advice as soon as you can, preferably before exchange. Um, but if, if you cannot do it before exchange, you'd want to do it as quickly um, afterwards and it needs to be done on the front page of the contract or by way of deed of variation to that contract to ensure that you're not going to have that extra liability on uh, uh, to the Office of State Revenue. So uh, around that, um, I'm buying, say, we're talking about investment property there, and obviously what's some advice for people buying an investment property? How should they be structuring in this? What sort of entity? Because obviously they need to be really thinking about this before they put the wrong entity on the title. So what's, yeah. what's your feedback on that? Okay, so this is a very subjective um, test. Uh, this is something that, uh, every investor should be seeking financial and, and tax advice from their accountant. Uh, they, the accountant would have uh, the best understanding of the investor's financial circumstances and what best structure would be adopted for investment properties. Um, most of the times we would find that you know, it's not the individual that holds the principal place of residence that would be acquiring investment properties. It might be done through uh, PTY Limited or Family Trust, um, and uh, that that particular advice should be sought through the the accountant, a relevant financial advisor. Um, it can have some serious 
tax implications for the investor down the track, particularly around capital gains tax, land tax implications as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, we we at Title Space will be strongly looking at that um, advice early in the piece, particularly if we know it's going to be an investment property. Which brings me around to two more last questions for you, Marwan. Obviously, I'm going out there, I'm going to buy a property. How do I know that I'm picking the right law firm? How do I select the right law firm property conveyancer? What should I be looking for? Yeah, very very, very good question, Peter. Look, there's there's a lot of advisors out there, whether they're licensed conveyancers, uh, property lawyers, uh, that could uh, you know, handle a transaction, uh, you know, typical standard transaction, fairly easy. But it's, it's when things become complex, where you have to look at stamp duty implications or tax implications or structuring or, or even negotiating um, these terms that we talked about earlier around extended settlements or trying to get a vendor out of their property um, within the appropriate time frame. That's when you need to turn to your advisors and ensure that you've got someone who's got the expertise and experience that can handle these difficult scenarios. Um, we see often that the transaction starts off as a simple transaction and then midway through, I'm sure a lot of your stone agents would see this too, midway through, all of a sudden it gets, it gets extremely complex because of issues around boundary and fencing and or you know if it's a property on water, um, issues with the foreshore authority. Um, having expert conveyances or solicitors to be able to be in your corner and support you through that transaction is extremely critical. Um, at Title Space, we've got you know over 30 years experience as legal practitioners, conveyances, working on property transactions, whether it's large developments, small transactions, or um, as I said, beachfront properties. Um, they're the types of things that we we would handle on a day-to-day basis. And uh, anyone looking for an advisor, that's the type of uh, that's the type of advisor you should be looking to to seek. Um, it's a small cost in the overall scheme of things. But the investment is significant, and therefore you, you, the cost associated with that investment should be proportional. And I think a lot of people don't realise, and certainly speaking from a real estate agent's point of view, a, a great conveyance solicitor can make the world of difference of a deal sometimes happening or not. Um, and it's yeah. so important for the vendor to make sure they have the right conveyance solicitor, someone that reacts fast, gets onto it, and really knows what they're doing. Because uh, I've seen so many deals fall over to, the, unfortunately, to the poor vendor. Nothing to do with the vendor or the agent, but the solicitor conveyancer was very slow in getting back to people. Um, and I know you guys are very fast on this. Um, look, Marwan, if people want to know more about your business, how do they find you and, and look up what you guys do? They're very much appreciated uh, with our plug. We, we're definitely a highly resourced outfit. Uh, our, our turnaround times are exceptional. Our customer service feedback has been fantastic. And that, that's, our, that's our motto. Uh, but uh, anybody looking at engaging title space, just go to titlespace.com.au. Uh, there's a big yellow icon on our front page, get a quote now. And that automatically puts um, your inquiry through our quoting system. You'll receive via email very quickly within about five minutes a um, itemized quote that addresses the specific property you're looking at. And, uh, and then our system would engage with you, whether it's a phone call or whether via email. But uh, more importantly, we do have an app that people can download and engage with us and, uh, 
and, and we're able to engage with our customers via notifications that are done instantaneously once we've achieved certain milestones in a transaction. Um, uh, apart from that, we're like your traditional service, professional service provider. Uh, our phone number is on the website. You can contact us, ask us any queries. More than happy to assist uh, any of our clients or prospective clients in making a transaction of, uh, you know, in some cases, you know, only, only occur once in, in people's lifetime as uh, seamless as possible. I think everyone, if you haven't bought and sold for a long while, or if you do it regularly, I'd certainly go and have a look at Tile Spaces' website. I think it's so important having someone you can work with and you have trust in and that actually knows their game. Marwan, I want to thank you very much for being on the show today. There were some great questions you've answered there for us, which is probably enlightening for a lot of people. Um, I'd love to get you back on again if that's okay, and we might even do a couple of case scenarios. Um, and there's so many things I've seen in the real estate world happen from buying a property to unfortunately someone passing away, the, the, the seller, between you know purchase and what happens there in exchange because we know that can throw curly in it. Um, there's a whole lot of case scenarios. We might do some... Um, individual sort of studies on those as we go forward if that's okay but thanks very much for being on the show today Marwan. thank you peter much appreciated and always happy to help thank you so thanks everyone for listening again today um, i hope some of those questions maybe give you a bit more education around contract law there's a lot to it we'll keep bringing you information on that um, over the next months coming up thank you all again for listening Thanks for joining us on the Stone Real Estate Conversation podcast. Make sure you visit us at stonerealestate.com.au. Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast and the conversations on today's show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply make sure you tell a friend about the conversation we had. Be sure to join us on our next episode with more information on buying, selling and investing in real estate. Bye for now.